art sales are booming, you know, homewares, furniture, renovations, because people can't spend the money on international travel. But we've also thought about the things we buy and the people we interact with. Because it's not just about what you're throwing out, it's about what's coming in, where it's coming from. Hi, my name is Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And welcome to The Common Creative. We're on a mission to capture and share the tools and techniques of creativity. Except this morning, it's a little bit different, Paul. What are we going to talk about today? Chris, we're going to have a discussion about the new normal. Uh, just you and I. Yeah, no guests today. So I, I think it's a, it's a very interesting topic. And, you know, last year was all about, you know, pivot and reinvention. And I think there was this feeling generally that, you know, come 1st of January 2021, it was going to be back to what it was before. We're going to wake up from this nightmare and the world's going to be different. But it's not. And uh, and I think it's, uh, but I think there's a change of sort of attitude and perception out there. So what, I mean, we keep hearing this phrase, the new normal, but if someone's listening and they don't know what that means, how would you define the new normal? Well, that's a tricky question. I want to know, what do you define as a new normal? Well, I think it's I think just, you know... It's, well, let me jump because I suddenly thought that maybe that's exactly what we're trying to do today. Is everyone knows that the rules have probably changed a bit and we can't go back to the old world, but they don't know what they are. And so maybe that's what we're trying to tease out. What is the new normal? Look, I think the new normal is, you know, our current reality. And uh, and I think it's there's that uh, famous quote from, uh, I'm trying to think, where basically, you know, they said, our our, our great-grandfathers expected, you know, the world to pan out the way it panned out for their parents, and that was a reasonable expectation. Uh, but, of course, you know, in our generation, that's totally different. But we do we have got into a bit of rhythm of growth and income and, you know, just things get better and better, and all of a sudden there's so many things put into, into question and to thrown up. And people are sort of thinking, you know, when do we get back to that thing where we can go shopping whenever we want and, yeah. and travel wherever we want? And so it's, it's, I suppose it's a bit of a, in a way, it's a bit of a lack of freedom. Um, and I suppose different people respond to it differently. For me, one of the big things has been a, a heightened of conscious consumerism. Like a lot of people, I've spent the time decluttering and then taking stuff to the dump. I was going to get uh, 100, 1,800 got junk to come and point and then they'll take it supposedly dispose of it you know environmentally and i don't really know but i made the decision to actually borrow a ute and take numerous trips to the dump and it was heartbreaking but i wanted to go through that because i wanted to feel the pain of having to throw this stuff away uh, when no one else would take it you know trying to give it away rather than just going well you know i had it i used it i click my fingers and someone comes and takes it away and it's gone from my life so what, you know, for why me, is that a feature of new the new normal? Because um, I'm I'm wondering, is this just a long overdue clear out, or is is it some, how is that connected to this terrible virus? I, I think one of the things is, and I don't know if uh, if Big Brother China is listening, and I'm sure it is. <laughs> That's our one listener. <laughs> I think the thing is, it, it's really about this. It's about the quality. Um, my wife has a fashion business and they import stuff from Italy and Germany and, and, and France. And it's always about the, you know, the quality of the garments. And so, you know, these things last for years. 
we've been looking at buying a new leather couch and I found something online and it's pretty good and it's about a third of the price of the one made in Melbourne. And I'm thinking, you know what, I think we should just wait and get the one made in Melbourne and not get something else from a container from China. Not because it's, you know, from China and, and trying to put Chinese people out of work, but, you know, there's a level of quality and it's that whole thing about keeping the money in. So for me, yes, it's just a long overdue clean out. Uh, because of COVID, they've suspended the curbside collections. So, you know, they don't want people roaming the suburb, touching other people's stuff. But for me, it's heightened this awareness more so than any other time uh, because it's not just about what you're throwing out. It's about what's coming in, where it's coming from. And so for me, it's like a level of consciousness to think if I'm buying something, you know, where is this going when it's finished? How long is it going to last? You know, am I just going to have to take it down to Lifeline in a couple of months' time? Like, you know, just the level. And I don't know, I don't know why it is in the new normal, but for me, and I think it's because, you know, great sense and I get feedback that, you know, art sales are booming, you know, homewares, furniture, renovations, because people can't spend the money on international travel uh, and limited on, on statewide travel. So I think there's there's more, you know, there's more money for more consumerism. But, you know, there's also a sentiment about, well, you know, if China's going to bully us, let's not buy stuff from China. You know, so... <laughs> yeah. You know, so so I think I think it is. I think it's I think part of the new normal would be a a level of consumer consciousness that is about buying local uh, and quality. So that's that's I think probably is my number one take. Um, yeah, I think I I can completely get that. And it's funny that in my parallel universe in New South Wales, I found myself with some very similar thoughts. Um, my, my little bugbear is, for what it's worth, is solar-powered garden lights. Uh, bits of plastic, no doubt. They're, they're incredibly cheap to buy. And you think, because they're solar-powered, that's clever. I don't have to plug them into the mains. And they, they're somehow, because they're solar-powered, that's you know good for the environment. They last about five minutes, and then they end up in your bin and plastic waste in a dump somewhere and to me that symbolizes the worst of consumerism the fact that you can buy these things so cheaply you don't need them that much really and they last no time at all and all you're doing is filling up a landfill with with the kind of rubbish which won't decay ever so i, I kind of, i'm very I'm with you on that i'm really aware of it I, I i think part of it might be to do with the fact that sitting at home we're actually reflecting a lot more we haven't got the busyness of the bus and, and the, the kind of hurly-burly of offices and we've all each of us had a bit of a think and maybe we've seen our own homes look a bit cluttered and a bit messy and in need of but we've also thought about the things we buy and the people we interact with and and I'm hoping that's a very good thing I'm hoping we're a bit more um, aware of what we're doing and what we're doing and, and perhaps the power we have in the purchase decisions we make and the um, uh, and that ability to actually individually influence things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in tune with that point. One of, one of the experiences I had recently, um, I go camping a couple of times a year with a mate and we've got between us, he and I, got five kids. It's He's a different family. <laughs> so <laughs> me and my wife have two and his and his wife. We go camping and so there's seven of us. And he brings a boat or I bring my boat. They're just little little boats. And, and we pack so much stuff. And the amount of time, and my garage is always a mess of packing and finding everything because some of it sometimes it goes in the boat and camping. And anyway, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's a nightmare. And then you get there and unpack it, then it all goes back in the car and then get back home and pack it. 
So after the last trip, I said, right, I'm going to get organised. And I don't want to go a, a camper trailer, but I thought I'm going to get a um, some sort of kitchen box. And and Paul and I were doing research and there was a, a thing in the States they call a chuck box or a chuck kitchen, which is something the Boy Scouts use. And it has everything in it and it carried it. I found this thing called uh, Drifter, which I'd never heard of, which is an Australian camping brand. Yeah. And the guy, I think his name's Luke, and he builds these plywood camper kitchens and some of them you slide out from a camper trailer or a camper van back of a ute or um or a trailer itself and some of them you sort of pick up and they've got legs that fall down they are so clever um they're so retro i, I absolutely love it and so and i was looking at putting one on wheels and getting some extra drawers so i emailed them and said oh can i make this modification great conversation the guy came back and said yeah we can do that it'll only be 130 dollars to modify that these things are sub a grand um and he said, but uh, only problem is we've got a nine months or seven or eight month waiting list because everyone's going camping. Yeah. Um, so I went, oh, God, I'm not going to wait that long. And Paul and I looked at it and thought we could build one. And then um, he found one for sale. A guy was selling his camp or trailer, and this was an extra. Yeah. Anyway, we kept on ringing him and eventually said, look, no one's interested in the trailer. You might as well buy the, the, the kitchen. <laughs> kitchen. But it's going to be five, 500 bucks and I'll throw it in the stove. And I said, great. And so I've got this thing and, you know, it's got three drawers and it's got a slide out thing for a little bucket and, you know, it's got a place for the little pump tap and and, uh, and it's got, you know, and it, and it folds out to an L-shaped kitchen. And it, and it is absolutely fabulous. You know, like if we remodeled our kitchen, we could live on this thing for a month easy, you know, and it's and it's so fantastic. Um, and so then I had to go buy a trailer. Uh, it's, it's locally made and it's designed for you to use locally because you're going to travel in the car to get yeah, place. So yeah. You're not going to take it overseas. Yeah. In fact, interesting, when I first found it on a website, it was a Canadian website, uh, and they called themselves something like uh, Koala Camping or, or something. And I'm thinking, God, what a ripoff, you know, and they've got these things called Drifter. They're so clever. Oh, you know, anyway, and I found out same they're actually they're, they're saying, well, I don't think the supply company is the same, but the Drifter company makes it, and they're from Gloucester, which I think is New South Wales. And when I was talking to the guy, he said, look, we, we started. I said, look, I'm just interested. Do you make them in Australia? And he said, yeah, we do. He said, when I started 13 years ago, we had one little shed, we had five blokes, and now I've got five sheds and 100 people making these things. And they have all sorts of things. So, you know, it's a fantastic, you know, it's a fantastic success story. They're really hardy. This one that I've had, you know, it has been loved, you know, and it's a bit wonky and I've got to straighten a few legs and stuff, but it's still perfectly good. And it, it was half the price of the new one, but it's the only one I could get. Like there was none other available anywhere in the country. I, I sort of wonder if that story, that it's the fact that it's already been loved and it's a bit wonky, does that make it better? You know, you've, you've got a, something that's got history inside it. Or is it just going to wear yeah, out? Yeah, well, quickly? maybe it is. Maybe it might make Paul and I better campers because this guy seemed to be pretty organised. Although it's so retro uh, and I've been going through a bit of a retro phase and it's got a pretty ugly, very versatile sort of granity sort of laminate on it. And I want to change it to a, a patterned, you know, lime green retro. Cause oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> It, it, and it becomes the ultimate mid-century modern camper kitchen, uh, you know, with the uh, – because I, I, I recently picked up from a deceased auntie some beautiful retro sort of malamine uh, plates and things. Um, but the thing I love about this as well, uh, and I think this is, you know, our new normal, this is a really clever design. You know, I, I Pinterested, you know, camping boxes and kitchen boxes and stuff, and there was another one out there that was really clever um, – and, you know, probably a little bit more complicated than this one, but probably more complicated than it needed to be. 
but this thing is so clever the way he's done it, you know, and it's simple and it's clever. And and that's, I think, part of our new normal that we need to get back to is that, you know, we are, you know, the clever country or, the, you know, we're the lucky country, but we're clever country. And it's, you know, back to, you know, thing that I harp on a lot about about our own ingenuity, you know, how we, how we get around these things. What I'm kind of interpreting from that is perhaps in the old world, so if you've got a problem like you want to go camping or something, you, you head to a shop and buy something that solves that problem for you. And maybe it's not as well designed, maybe it's not as long-lasting, but it solved that problem today. And now it's kind of let's buy something that's got a bit of life in it because it's because it's well designed. It'll it'll work. It may be simple, but it's still beautifully designed, and it's designed to do the task you want it to. I mean, that's that's what I'm interpreting. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. You know, it's, it's this sort of focus on on quality, uh, and uh, you know, and look, I don't know whether you know I've, I've threatened the family. I said, right, you know, if you go, if you bring something in, you got to take something out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you've got to get rid of it yourself. You just don't dump it in the garage and go, well, Dad, or, you know, it'll just disappear someday because you'll get fed up and then you'll throw it out. And, but I, you know, I want everyone, including myself, to, you know, think about, I'm going to, I need something. What is it? You know, do I, do I really need it? Where, where's it going to end up? Do I have another one at home? You know, is it just a new, bright, shiny thing? Because I, I do have a bit of that syndrome in me. Um, you know, so, um, yeah. So let's, if, if implicate new normal, Part one is more conscious, more local, more aware of what we're consuming, where it's from and what it's for. What else? What else does the new normal mean? I think the new normal for us needs to be a, uh, a finer grain focus on our levels of government. You know, at the moment, we have this thing of federal and state and they're running the roost. Uh, you know, they're, they're ruling the roost. And when, you know, and the states have this power and they lock down whole states or they lock down cities uh, or southeast Queensland or Victoria or Melbourne. And I think in reality it needs to be, if we're going to, you know, keep on going with this to get back to an economy that doesn't keep on stopping and starting, uh, like, you know, bunny hopping a a car, you know, (laughs) you can't use the clutch, that we need to get a finer grain that we say, okay, we're going to lock down this suburb or that suburb or because all our suburbs have a, you know, most suburbs have a supermarket or have amenity. And so you could just close it down. You can't go in, you can't go out for 14 days. You stay in, but services can still, you know, uh, stay running. So no one's disadvantaged. Everyone's to work, learn how to work from home. And otherwise, other than that, the world gets back to normal. And so it's, you know, it's very inconvenient for a small number of people, but it doesn't mean that you end up inconveniencing millions of people and not even inconveniencing, but also, you know, impacting uh, the economy of, you know, millions and millions of people. So So, so um, micro-targeting virus hits, lockdowns. Yeah, and and I think that, you know, they're sort of saying that, you know, the international travel might be getting back to normal maybe in a year or so, but uh, it won't be back to real normal for another four years until yeah. you, know, you can go anywhere without, you know, vaccination certificate or, you know, having without going to bubbles. And, you know, and, and by that time, you know, the, the virus will be a bit like the flu. You know, we might get a booster every year or something and, and it's not a huge thing. But what about the next one? You know, what if the next one is, you know, more deadly or more virulent? Um, how do we deal with that and still maintain a semblance of the society that we have? I'm, I'm wondering, to, I mean, sort of building on this idea, so you're, you're saying to, to deal with a virus, be it this one or a future one, local governments at local level need more power to lock down or not lock down in the interest of keeping the wider state slash country 
moving. And I, I'm I'm wondering if that means if we're feeling more locally connected because we're you know, stuck at home or whatever, should local governments have more freedom or generally, in other words, I guess I want to say it's more power, so that individual suburbs can develop more of their own character, uh, whether that be, I don't know, maybe it's about roads, maybe it's about libraries, maybe it's about recreation facilities, that, that they actually have much more power to do what they want to do for their local community, because they're pretty much kept under the thumb of the state governments at the moment. Um, what do you think? Is there an extension on that? But I think there is. In um, About a year ago, year and a half ago, our local uh, magazine that I used to write for, he started a bit of a shop local campaign because, you know, shops are closing and the whole mm. thing. And my wife's in retail and, you know, in the suburb as well. And so it was it was sort of interesting. And I don't really know how much traction it got. But as it sort of started, then COVID hit. And I think that it has a lot more traction now where people are going, yeah, we're mm. going we're gonna to get out. So, look, I think that the... They obviously, government or councils don't have power to lock down. They don't seem to have power to lock down. It's a state government thing. But I don't think it's, I think it's not about giving more or less power. I think it's about collaboration. And I think it's this thing, the way they started this approach that, well, you know, okay, the, the federal government had their sort of virus cabinet or whatever it was. Oh, is that where you keep your viruses? In the cabinet. Yeah, they are. We keep them here. In the cabinet. Uh, and it was like a war cabinet, you know, but then all of a sudden it got railroaded by the state premiers when we're shutting borders and it was going, hang on, you can't do that. You know, it's not constitutional. And good old Clive had a crack at it and it didn't seem to get anywhere. <laughs> Thank goodness, yeah. But it's not about that, you know, this is my territory, we're protecting ours. We're all in this together. And it's about saying, okay, you know, this we have, you know, it's like you're doing up a piece of furniture, the cabinet, you're doing up the virus cabinet and you have three grains of sandpaper. You know, have the rough stuff mm. to pull off the old paint and you have the mid-grain to smooth it out and then you have the fine grain for the detail work and yeah. i think it's got to be a it's got to be a similar thing that that you know the governments you know they all agree at a th- at three levels that this is the way we work it which is very similar you know if it was a, a analogy of the army you know you, you have the generals and you have the captains and you have the you know the the corporals uh, you know and so and they you know, have platoons and you have regiments and you know and it seems to be that you know like if there's something happens in the army with a you know a small what's a small thing a troop i don't know what's a little group a of people? platoon um, i think certainly a, in america platoon, maybe the yeah. american platoon yeah you don't shut down the whole army you know <laughs> you, you deal with that platoon you don't shut the whole army down and that's what we seem to be doing you know we, we're closing the whole army where where i think we have enough technology uh protection devices and infrastructure to allow us to be smaller Mm. smaller stronger communities which i think needs to be part of the part of the new normal um and just accepting well you know certain things you know aren't going to happen but so that's great so we got this this, uh, i'm I'm jotting down the list this idea firstly of consciousness aware of what we buy where it comes from what it's for whether you need it whether it can be recycled and then secondly this idea of smaller stronger communities um so that we can defend against this or future viruses more sensitively, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so, Chris, I think that uh, would it be great, you know, if we have this chat, you know, a couple more times because I think the new normal is going to unfold. If any of our listeners uh, have some comments or interests, um, drop us an email and, uh, you know, let's get you on the, and have a chat because, you know, I th- we think it's a very interesting topic. Uh, I think that, you know, it needs our creativity 
to respond to it. And I don't think we can rely just purely on governments anymore to solve our problems. I, I, I agree completely. It'd be great to hear from somebody that's listening. I think everyone's been affected by this pandemic. And by reviewing how we've changed or learned, we'll, we've, we've got lots to share and we can sort of define the, the new normal for ourselves. So I think it's a great idea. Right. Oh, well, um, until next week then, Chris. Until next week, um, listen out on the Common Creative. Tell your friends, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a comment if you've got any comments on what we've said. Cheers. Bye for now.